0: Hey, it's Cameron here. If you are in Adelaide or South Australia this weekend and you feel like doing something on the 15th and 16th, come and watch my new show. I'm doing it for the Adelaide Fringe Festival. There's two nights only, and I'd love to have you there. I promise I'll make you laugh. I won't make you think, but I might make you stink. What does that mean? I'm sorry. Just come. Hey, what's up? It's Thomas Nicholas, uh, also known as
1: Kevin from American Pie. And when I'm not going the growl, which I think is better known as the tongue tornado, I'm listening to the Total Reboot with Cam and Alexi. By the bitch, of course I mean Total Reboot, the only podcast in the history of mankind to exist on the web, if you will, about (laughs) movies. And this is a podcast hosted by two critically acclaimed investigative documentarians. (laughs) 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 One of them being me, Lexi Toliopoulos, and the other being you, Cameron James. Yeah, it's
0: a thrill to be here. This is our first episode back on the reboot post Drago.
1: Yeah, this is our first time podcasting together since we rapped Finding Drago. And um, since
0: we started rapping
1: as well. Yes. We, that career has not made it under the airwaves yet, yep. but we are hoping to break out there yep. like our favourite rappers such as Joaquin
0: Phoenix and-, <laughs> <laughs> and Chris Pratt in that video that went viral. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Just two of the most brightest stars in Hollywood. Yeah. And they're heroes, Joaquin Phoenix and Chris Pratt.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, It's been interesting. It's been a minute since we've done one of these. How are you feeling now that we have Drago out there and potentially a whole new audience who are going to be freaking disappointed that we're not solving mysteries?
1: (laughs) Well, perhaps we'll be solving a bigger mystery in this episode. I'm excited. I'm happy about it. I think Drago went so well. It was our little dream project that truly I never thought we would get made. That's true. And then we got it made and people freaking loved it. And now guess what? We're made, baby.
0: (laughs) Oh, brother. We're officially made? We got made. That's awesome. I love good fellas. I love gangsters, and I just love the iconography surrounding (laughs) it.
1: Well, you are a film expert, Cameron. People might not know that about you. They might just think, hey, this is an amateur detective, (laughs) calm investigative journalist. But you are a film expert, you love movies, you're a cinephile, you're a cinemaniac.
0: That's true. I'm wearing a trench coat right now, not just because I'm a detective, but because... I love The Matrix. Yes,
1: it's a leather trench coat. And underneath it, you've got a Batman t-shirt showing that you love all kinds of movies from the 90s. (laughs) And
0: my belt buckle is Deadpool's face. Oh, God. I I didn't notice
1: that before. He's got a little quip. He's saying something. What's What's he he saying? saying? I don't know. He's saying, He's uh, saying,
0: hey, look a little lower. Oh, If okay. you look at lower, guess what you look oh, at? Oh,
1: God. The Merc with the mouth, inspired by one of the greatest superheroes of all time, I might say. <laughs> what a wonderful link. Yes, it is. It <laughs> is. Uh, we, of course, on this podcast, talk about reboots, remakes, and ripoffs in cinema history. And kicking off this year I'm very excited to do this short little mini-series run of one of the weirdly most recently rebooted mm-hmm. over-rebooted franchises in the history of mankind. Absolutely. Uh, Spider-Mankind, uh... if you will. <laughs>
0: it's, a, it's a constantly rebooted franchise for reasons that are rarely creative as well. Yes. It's usually just legal loopholes that are the reason this keeps being rebooted. So in this episode, we're going to be Discussing Sam Raimi's Spider Man trilogy.
1: Yes, from the
0: early to mid 2000s. Next week, we're going to talk about the Mark Webb, who, wow, what a name.
1: Now, that is an exciting detail. <laughs> now, that is an exciting <laughs> I detail. I wonder if anyone's ever picked that up before. That It's so funny because his name is Mark Webb, double B at the end yeah, there. Yeah, double B. W double B. Now, that's funny as well. That's.
0: An extra joke. And that's
1: a little extra joke. That's like you're getting two for one. Well, double, if you will. <laughs> and, <laughs> and of course, Webb is iconography really closely associated with the film's hero, uh, the amazing Spider-Man. That's right. Because he's a web slinger.
0: This guy loves to sling webs. Then... Uh... Not to be confused with the
1: webbing slinger, which is uh, Adam Sandler's superhero movie. <laughs> which, sadly, was
0: uh, lost in development
1: hell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely was in hell.
0: <laughs> Little Nicky was actually trying to get the movie made. <laughs> Oh, I've got to tell you, it is so good to be back in this incredibly niche-filled oh, Riff Zone. Oh, it's great to be alienating back Alienating any cunt who has not got any interest <laughs> in movies.
1: Great to be here, great to be at the ABC studio where all of this was cut out from the, from the final edit. And then the week after that, we're going to be talking about... The Marvel-Sony-Spider-Man collabos. Yes, the MCU Spider-Man played by Tom Holland, most notably in the film... Spider-Man Homecoming.
0: But also from other movies, such as uh, Captain America Civil War and Avengers Infinity War. Yes,
1: those are the two films. And also, the week after that, we're doing a lovely little film that is nominated right now for the Academy Award for Best Animated Film, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Uh, which is a fabulous movie that I love. I can't wait to see it again to talk about it.
0: And I haven't seen it.
1: But I promise you that he he will have seen it by the time the episode does come around. (laughs) But also, a little treat, if you go over to our Patreon, uh, we are going to do a bonus episode about the bad guy from this franchise, the movie Venom.
0: Oh, fuck. I thought we were doing uh, Sandman. (laughs) (laughs) Sandman. (laughs) (laughs) The webbing slinger himself, the Sandman.
1: But let's get into it. Let's talk about Spider Man in cinema. There had been a few cinematic releases of Spider Man films Mm -hmm. before this one. What were were they? All very cheap, kind of thrown together pieces of tv like there was a kind of live action spider-man tv show in the 70s it's very very forgotten now Mm -hmm. they kind of put a few episodes together and made like a few films that just happened to be in in cinemas kind Mm -hmm. of like really classic shitty b movies honestly
0: um anything can get in cinemas these days (laughs) oh you're telling me it's actually really easy to get a theatrical release well, actually a
1: lot of filmmakers struggle. I can't let you say that on the on the record. A lot of filmmakers struggle getting their stuff in
0: cinemas. Or maybe their stuff's just not good enough. Whoa, dude. <laughs> Honestly, man, this is some steamy, steamy shit that you're throwing out right now. I'm kidding around, of course. It's uh it's a crazy industry and Jesus, you know, we're all playing it. We're all playing the game out there. We definitely are. We're all playing the game out there. You got it in this Hollywood shuffle. Uh,
1: But there were a few movies here and there. There were some overseas, like strange foreign films Mm. that somehow got the license or did not get the license and threw them together. But this Sam Raimi film was the first of its kind, really like you look at the superhero the superhero genre and yes there were some before this What Most... have we got
0: coming before? We got the Batman's.
1: Yeah, Batman 1989 definitely mm. is a big turning point mm-hmm. uh in the superhero mythos out there sure. in the world. We got Dick Tracy. Yeah, that's the weird thing is that when Batman 1989 came out instead of them going Learning from how what a big hit this was, like Instead we gotta of going make superheroes. We're going no more nineteen thirties gothic detectives. <laughs> is what yeah. we're doing. We're going yeah. back to the thirties. Isn't that crazy
0: that they totally missed the bo- on what was popular about Batman? They weren't yeah. like, oh, it's the cape and the gadgets and the crime fighting. Yeah. And they're like, no, 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 it's
1: the detective work. It's that it's based on a comic strip
0: from the nineteen thirties. Yeah. Can we get Phantom? Can we get? We could get any fucking <laughs> yeah. comic strip. Let's get a Ginger Meg's movie up. Let's <laughs> so get maybe- the Wizard of Id. <laughs> <laughs> they Love make your shit. Dick Tracy. They make the Phantom with Billy Zane. Was that before? Yeah, that would have been before. That was like nineties. Yeah, you know, that 90s? was nineties. And
1: then there was the Alec Baldwin one. What is the that Shadow? One? The Shadow, of mm-hmm. course. Um, and before that, we had Superman. The Superman franchise oh, of course. But that kind of lived on its own, and that was something like entirely different. Almost, it was more like a kind of fun prestige adventure film than. I mean, it is probably the closest thing to what we know as modern superhero films until this film came along. Mm. And I think this film has such a really interesting place in film history because it really is the birth of where we are now years later. Mm.
0: It was the blueprint for most of the superhero movies that came after it. They all were origin stories to the point that there was origin story fatigue that kind of kicked in like about six years ago. With um, the amazing Spider-Man. <laughs> and we decided, we don't want to see this shit anymore. We know how they come about, but I guess, did we know how Spider-Man came about before this film did? I, I honestly can't remember if I knew. I remember watching the cartoon a little bit as mm. a kid, and they must have summed up his origin story in like the opening the credits. Opening credits or something, like surely. Alex
1: Mack style, where it's like, hi, yeah. I'm Peter Parker. Well, I am during the day, that is. You're probably wondering how I got here and how I'm swinging around. Well, it was one curious day that I was inside a lab. I was working in the lab late, late one, one night.
0: <laughs> <laughs> when well, my eyes beheld a freaking crazy sight.
1: A spider Bit me, and then I became Spider Man. No more song,
0: <laughs> <laughs> song over,
1: and here's the episode. <laughs> See you later, webheads. <laughs> um, but it, it, I think I watched that same TV series, the animated Spider Man TV series. I was around TV in the 90s. I remember having a few Spider Man comics. I had this in the 90s. There was a Spider Man kind of spinoff called Ben Riley who was a scarlet spider and he had like this little blue hoodie that he would wear over top of his spider-man suit i think he mm. was a clone of peter parker and he just looked cool in 90s you liked his hoodie i loved his hoodie was
0: that the the final thing that inspired you to go out and buy some hoodies. Yeah, it's
1: when I started cosplaying as the Scarlet Spider yeah, uh, yeah, every yeah. single day. Well, by day, I was Alexi Lexi Toliopolis, but by <laughs> night, a different story. And uh, then when this film came out, yeah. it was 2002 when this came out, mm-hmm. so it would have been 11, and it just, like, it, 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 was, it was amazing. Hmm. It was it was such an incredible experience. It had such an impact on me to just see these characters come to life in that way and to see the just the the kind of propulsion of the effects in them because at that point the big effects movie would have been the Matrix in 99 mm. and then that was slowed down. This felt sped up in a way <laughs> that kind of like just it had this energy about it that nothing else really had at the time. And it had this really unique tone and sense of humor. And when I went back to watch it again now, I think that's kind of what really struck
0: me. The main thing I remember about this from when it came out, uh, was the effects. I remember just thinking I was not I guess I wasn't really a big fan of Spider-Man or anything, but I did think that this movie looked cool from the trailers. I just remember thinking, Whoa, freaking hell, I wish I could swing around on a web. That would be so exciting. And this movie Might just be, the closest thing I (laughs) get.
1: It might just be. (laughs) Well, Cameron, I am dying to really dive in and talk about this film specifically. Why don't we do just that?
0: Let's dive in. Not everyone is meant to make a difference. But for me, the choice to live an ordinary life is no longer an option.
1: Spider Man from the year 2002, directed by Sam Raimi. With great power comes great responsibility. After being bitten by a genetically altered spider, nerdy high school student Peter Parker is endowed with amazing powers. Hmm. So, Cameron, on this rewatch, what did you really take from the film?
0: Uh I tell you what i uh I realized that it is a movie for people much younger than me now, mm. and nostalgia wasn't enough to carry me through it. Oh wow, I think I did enjoy all three of these movies, but i didn't I didn't love them. Mm. you know the main thing I took away from it is that it's actually a very angsty. Series of movies They are so angsty These
1: films yeah. Especially those Those first two They have like this purity To their angst mm. Whereas I think the third one Realises how angsty they were Yeah but The third one lays it on A bit thick There's mm. the
0: whole emo sequence That has been Made fun of a lot Parodied ever since it came endlessly out. <laughs> but even i think even the third one has like a dashboard confessional song as yeah. the like theme song well,
1: all the music is shit like nickelback <laughs> and stuff <laughs> like that
0: yeah um uh, but i tell you what it's like i think maybe this is the first time i really realized how tortured the character of peter parker is yeah. like not only is he an orphan and then orphaned again when his uncle dies mm. But it's like this motherfucker doesn't have a single friend in the goddamn world. He truly is a loser. And I think that's what I got most
1: out of this rewatch is I kind of thought that these would be dated yeah. Um, but and I really thought Toby Maguire because you know we don't see him in very much anymore he doesn't pop up mm. in the films that I really see and in many other films that I like and I kind of thought that maybe he would be like you know the weak link of the pussy posse of his <laughs> friends of you know Leonardo DiCaprio and mm. David Blaine that have gone on to great success <laughs> after that and Eve from Entourage yeah <laughs> all of those guys but then you, I just kind of he I'd forgotten about him I thought his performance might be like really weak or I'd find it unsettling that's fine. But I I really think it held up, his performance in particular, because he is this like sad loser. His face, he's just like his little voice and the way that his little bottom lip upturns into his top lip. It's just like, yeah, this, he does feel like a loser kid that was bullied in
0: school. Either night. this is good acting or it's good casting, but I, uh, I fucking hate him. Really? I can't stand him. Wow. I can't stand Why is that. Oh, he's just a freaking wet tissue.
1: Yes, that's why I like. If any movie should have a wet tissue as a lead, it should be a movie about a young boy trying to figure out how his body works and is squirting webs all True, over the place. True, I think
0: we've been a bit spoiled because I I find um like Tom Holland's performance in the later movies Ooh. to be almost the definitive Spider-Man. Now I'm like, it when is I, hard to go. Back. When I see him in that, I'm like, oh, that's what it should have been. Mm. Like a young hyperactive little freak who's. Yeah. Still a loser, but he's like b- bursting with energy. Mm. Whereas Toby Maguire is like he's so sludgy depressed. and depressed. <laughs> sludgy, <He> is sludgy. <laughs> I get it. Like he's gone through so much freaking trauma. Yeah, but it's not necessarily a fun performance to watch. Um, yeah, I don't think I had fun watching And you know how you these, know I this just guy fucking them. sucks? How in the first scene of the first movie, he uh, gets on the bus, and even the nerds won't sit next to him. Yeah, this dorky chick like puts her bag on the seat and goes, Don't even think about it. And I'm like, fuck, Pete, you can't even sit next to this goddamn mousy looking And it it's also
1: like a, like, heck, I even wish that was me. And it's like this yeah, guy this, eating this, this, this crap. Idiot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This guy, this <laughs> big boy eating shit. <laughs> and I think it this also isn't an era where it's like, you know, Tom Holland looks like a 15-year-old boy Mm. playing Spider-Man, Peter Parker. Yeah, Looking back at this one, when they're on the field trip, it's hard to distinguish the teachers from the students. It's like the teachers wear vests and tuck in their shirts. (laughs) That's the only thing. And still, like, what's his name? Uh, Joe Mangianello. James Franco is still wearing a suit and he's meant to be like their contemporary. I thought
0: you were talking about Joe Mangianello, who is is the oldest person to have ever lived. (laughs) He is as old as Uncle Ben in this (laughs) movie. He's so old. He's, he plays Flash, who I guess is dating Mary Jane at the start yeah. of the movie, and he's the common
1: villain for Peter Parker in all of these movies during high school. Really. And it's like, or okay,
0: I got a um, I, I know, I knew Joe Manganiello was going to be in this on the. Road I Watch. did not
1: know; I, it was a shock. I
0: re- I remember reading it somewhere, you know, like where these. Actors got their start or whatever. Yeah. And I was thinking, okay, so I'm going to see a young, weedy-looking Joe Manginello. He does not look any different to what he looks like in Magic Mike. His hair is just a little bit shitter. (laughs) But physically, he is just this buff, cut-from-fucking-marble god. Who's supposed to be 15? Yeah,
1: he's like, there is the slightest weediness about him in that he's not beautifully tanned. Yeah. Like, that's <laughs> yeah. that's the early difference. <laughs> he's just like, oh, this guy looks a bit anemic. No, it's because I'm used to him being the hottest man in existence. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that the angst is what I really did dig on this because I mm. think it, that's what the other films, they don't have that authenticity in their angst that this does. Like, this is a film that is so strange on the rewatch because it's like learning how to be a superhero origin film. Mm. They didn't really exist. The, this created the mold. There wasn't that yeah. like clear cut, these are the beats you have to hit, this is how you have to feel, this should be the shape of it. This is them figuring out the shape and what... Really shocked me was how much this feels like a horror movie for so much of it.
0: Well, I guess there's your Sam Raimi uh, yeah, voice in there. That's I him only out. really know him as a as like a horror comedy director.
1: Yeah, with Evil Dead franchise, yeah. Drag Me to Hell.
0: This has those beats in it. Like yeah. it has humor, but there are moments in there where it's like those canted camera angles and yeah. uh, the Danny Elfman score. Who by the way, just like I love his com- compositions so yeah. much, but it just only ever makes me think of scary, uh, like <laughs> scary action. <laughs> yeah. It's never like fun. Yeah. It's not They're never like Fun uplifting score It's always like It's
1: just It's
0: dark naughtiness Rather than It's trickster Trickster It's trickster It's mischief It's prankster
1: And I think that This pranky score Just kind of fits in With like this Like this this Weird and wonderful Tone about this movie Because like The introduction to All the superhero Elements of this film Are pure horror The way that spy comes down and bites Peter Mm. and then him feeling his body change it's like you know a campier Cronenberg type Mm. thing it's that kind of body horror that transformation and then when we have uh, Willem Dafoe getting gassed up and becoming Mm. Green Goblin for the first time and getting stuck in his own head and being haunted by his own thoughts and this kind of split psychotic personality coming out. Mm. It feels like Reanimator. It feels like classic Universal horror movies. It feels like Frankenstein. Yeah, it's it's very Frankenstein. He's even
0: on a slab. He's on a slab (laughs) bolted in (laughs) with little wires dangling out of his head. Shirtless for God knows what reason. Uh,
1: Everyone in this movie has an upset Body, <laughs> like when the first time we see Peter Parker in the mirror checking out his Spider-Man rig, yeah, is foul. Like, that's disgusting because it's just like, it's just like that head on top of that body yeah. is so wrong. It
0: doesn't make sense. It's
1: wrong. It's like a glitch. Yeah. It's like you like, you, you, it's not good. It's like and Willem guys...
0: Dafoe, who I can only assume insisted that he do that scene. Yeah. <laughs> that scene's shirtless. <laughs> Willem because... Dafoe doesn't have muscles, he has sinews. Yeah, he's all <laughs> stringy sinew. But it's also like, it's kind of hard. I'm also yeah, he's kind of hot. He's like um he's just like a little hot old man. Yeah. He's fancy. And he probably would have been like I reckon 21 when this movie was made. <laughs> he's a, he had the same birthday
1: as as <laughs> McGuire. Maguire. He and Toby Maguire and, and Kristen Dunst, they all have the same birthday and that's that's a little trivia that you can find on IMDb. They're all born on the same day in the exact same <laughs> year in history. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, so the horror elements. Now, let's talk about the campiness of it because it mm. is it is pretty campy yeah. like mo- horror movie, uh sorry, superhero movies hadn't gone super realistic yet. No. Um they're still pretty comic booky, still pretty like silly. Why the fuck would the Green Goblin um why would that company have designed that helmet? <laughs> That green goblin helmet, like, I don't just incite fear into their like, into their enemies. These, like they go so far to justify mm. all the comic book shit. With like, yeah. this is a glider. It's being designed for military purposes. Yep. This is a, a super strength serum that we're going to give to soldiers so that they fight <laughs> well overseas. Why do they have this mask that looks like a freaking elf's head? But also we made a mask based on Willem Dafoe's face. <laughs>
1: If he was a robot. Like all of
0: it has been justified except yeah. for that.
1: <laughs> well, I guess it's a comic book movie. Yeah, <laughs> it's like totally. the early justification for And something I'm totally like that. fine with that. Yeah. I love
0: that. Because I I find it annoying sometimes, especially in the Christopher Nolan Batman mm. movies, where every little thing that's a bit cartoonish has yeah. been justified. Yeah. Even down to the fact that Catwoman's ears are actually just her fucking goggles, it's her goggles when she puts it on her head. Up. Like I'm like, oh, can't you just Add some fucking Can't you imagination just to make it. Make her a cat and let me fuck her, please. Yeah, let me. I'm a furry. I'm turned on my friggin' I'm a Antonia furry, the- yes.
1: Okay, we're turned on my pussy boots. We like cat people, okay? <laughs> we're into it. Can we make a new avatar? And please, can I
0: fuck it? Um, can I fuck that cat av- cat avatar?
1: <laughs> um, but it's, it's also just. I don't like. That's the aspect where it is like this weird leap to get over now yeah. watching it because everything else, even in the Marvel movies, is so justified It now. is. It's all in-
0: technology. You can go, oh, yeah, I get it. Tony Stark's a genius. He can make anything. Yeah. Um, and they can just say some MacGuffin thing in the Marvel movies of like, it's a trinium core, and you're like, yeah, I get it. That Wait, makes that's people a trinium core and shit. Oh, yeah. Okay, but in these ones, <clears throat> there's a bit of it, but then there's like full scenes that feel like I'm watching Power Rangers. Yeah, because it's also like we see Peter Parker wear like sweats as his first yeah the human love spider that. outfit. Love, love it, love that whole what, sequence. A
1: week later, he's like the should be on RuPaul's Drag races like this yeah. expert seamstress. Did this motherfucker he's like, take? Uh,
0: Take fucking
1: seamstress work at school. He is Thumbelina or something. He's, He's incredible amazing. incredible with he, a stitch. He should have won the Oscar for best costume design. Peter Parker. Peter Parker. Absolutely. Peter, yeah. He is, it is. It is insane. Like this outfit that he makes is so beautiful and elaborate. And I love this classic Sam Raimi um, spider suit. I think mm. it's so gorgeous. I love that that raised black webbing and how yeah, text, cool. how textured and real this suit looks. Like yeah. you can see where it where the head comes off and mm. stuff like that. I really, really like that. And I, I don't know, there's something about the design of this film that I'm so into because it bridges that gap from something so that is now so ridiculous, like Batman Returns mm. uh, or the Schumacher films, into something a bit more... It's the bridge between that and The Dark And the Knight. new ones.
0: It's somewhere between those two because it's a, it's set in... Uh, it's like a Wes Anderson-y version of New York. It's like, this New York mm. does not exist... This is a very colorful, over the top version hmm. of New York where everyone's like, hey, I'm freaking walking in. Everyone knows Peter Parker and yeah. shit. Hey, Pete, how you doing in school? I'm um, pretty good. Yeah, Freaking hell. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <So> <laughs> you Jeez, know, I'm just trying to <laughs> ask all the girls now. <laughs> <laughs> it's Welcome Back... This movie is Welcome Back Connor. Like, this this is yeah. the Welcome Back Connor of superhero movies. It is, because it's White Hogs. It's a good New York story. I think this is, yeah. like, it genuinely these films, but especially oh, dude, this one is a good this New York is story. A,
0: is... it in the second one? It must be, where mm. he has to choose between saving a cable car and MJ? Yeah. Okay. That moment? Oh no, that's in no, That's in this one. one. That's this the is first in this one. one. Yeah, when all the New Yorkers start throwing shit at the green goblin off yeah. the bridge, that is the closest any movie has ever come to being Ghostbusters. <laughs> it's the closest. <laughs> there I it's like scream. all so of good. New York coming together but like behind a hero yeah. and trying to vanquish a enemy. I was watching that If scene, Slimer like, popped up in this movie yeah.
1: and like stole his pizza delivery from yeah. the second movie, you wouldn't bat an eye. You're like, like it oh it yeah, of course. To,
0: like it cuts some guy from The Wire probably yeah. who's in The Wire six years from now but he, yeah. like throwing a fucking workbench at him. <laughs> <it. laughs> throwing a bagel or a yeah, hot <laughs> dog or something. A New York hot dog. Hey, I got this little grape hey, hey, back off goblin. We're spidey boys over here. <laughs> it's it is, it is such nobody fucks with New York City <laughs> it's like that vibe it is you don't but like it leave I think
1: it, it. they truly become like these honestly it shocked me how much I was emotionally affected by these movies mm. I think they become like these great New York films well, it's,
0: it's the new Ghostbusters that's exactly what Ghostbusters did it's working class this is such a, a working class tech. hero
1: Cameron, you are on fire, baby. <laughs> you are on fire. Every now and then, I like a good take. good take. This is, this is really good <laughs> shit. I am so into it. Nice. But it, it, like, you know, that this, the scene where the, the, the train car, that in Spider-Man 2, where yeah. he gets on the front, he has his Christ moment. <laughs> I full-on cried watching what? it this time. I was Seriously? so swept up in it. I got a little condensation in my eyes. Was now it the, about Is it, it
0: when they pass him back through the carriage and then they all say, "We won't tell anyone." Yeah, that got that's me. That's a really nice moment. And then
1: Austin was like, hey, if
0: you gotta get him. You gotta go through <laughs> yeah. me." And I was like, <laughs> "Every oh my every God. extra is sliced alone."
1: Everyone in this movie is Jim Norton's running around. Yeah, and they're talking true. to camera <laughs> and Jim stuff. Jim <laughs> <and laughs> doing like, a piece to camera like it's a Daily Show. Yeah, it's
0: so it's <laughs>
1: such a it's such a strange movie. I really think it's wonderful. Like I, also part of it. Where it comes from in this angst thing is that the way this move, this whole three series of films, mm. this Sam raimi trilogy, is so like the backbone of it is the Mary Jane Love story. And it's almost like this weird subversive anti-romantic story mm. where he his whole journey is set off. It starts by him literally saying it all starts with a girl, or it's all about a girl. Yeah. and it first film and second film. I didn't finish the third one, honestly. Yeah, who, really, no one ever has. <laughs> yeah, it, it leaves mainly <laughs> an oral tradition. The final minutes of that film, <laughs> <laughs> but like everything in that, like in those films, it's all about Mary Jane. Like he, the whole thing is kicked off by that. He talks to her at mm. the at the lab. He takes a photo, but also when he is trying to get. He when he wants to he wants to get money to buy a car to impress her because mm. Flash has this cool car mm. and he sees the ad to do wrestling to get to win a thousand bucks or whatever and that is because of Mary Jane and his whole lesson in this film with great power comes great responsibility is all about that it's about him trying to choose between this girl that doesn't really want him and keeps kind of throwing him off and chasing after or to choose to better himself Mm. better himself for this girl or better himself for himself and in the final moments of this Spider-Man 1 that's what it is all about we see him she comes to him saying yep. that she's in love with him and she wants to be him be with him and he turns her down because he knows that's not his responsibility anymore he's 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 improved himself and it's all about him living as himself it's almost like this weird like teenage breakup movie of some kind
0: yeah true but it's also like this weird um like it's a little incel <laughs> yeah <laughs> incel fantasy of being like i i get to turn down the hot chick yeah i've wanted her and then she finally comes to me, and but it is... I say no because I am actually a superhero now, <laughs> and I do not need her. It is it
1: is the like the friend zone movie, I'd yeah, say, big time. Like because it, it is about her not really wanting him, him trying to impress her, mm. and then him having this shit life without her. Well, really. that's
0: the shitness is the thing that I really that stuck with me this time around is that the misery of it all. Like he is Christ because he has he's a martyr essentially like yeah. every decision he makes is good for New York City but bad for him personally. Yeah. He's constantly making these he can't help himself he has to save everyone. So he's making these incredibly selfless decisions mm. that as a result make him seem incredibly selfish yes. to everyone around him. So he's pushing everyone away, pushes MJ away, pushes his freaking Aunt May away. Yeah pushes harry away to an extreme point where harry becomes a villain yeah like it's this this whole thing is built around how miserable peter parker is Mm. and how he's chosen this life of being a sad lonely loser there's even a line in the first one where the green goblin says something like um you know misery 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 that's all your life is i could have given you the world kid Ah, you could have had it all, kiddo. You could have worked with me in the Green (laughs) Goblin Factory.
1: you know, I could have made your mask based on your weedy little head. Yeah.
0: And by the way, the Green Goblin is played by Harvey Feierstein yeah. in this <laughs> movie. And that would be amazing. Harvey Feierstein is weird that he's not in these movies. Yeah, he feels like it's, he's in it. It
1: feels like this. the missing element was like cut out of the film yeah. was that he goes to like this underground lab and Harvey Feierstein is makes a the seamstress the and makes the suit. 100%. <laughs> Where he's got a little pencil and a tape yeah. measure behind his ears. Oh, so you want a little room in the crotch area? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you don't need it. Okay. What, co-
0: what colours do you want? and peter Parker would be like i'm thinking maybe yellow and black and he's like Ugh! i'll tell you what i'll come up with something myself <laughs> a little lime everywhere
1: <laughs> i mean like that it, 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 it is like these the, how, the tone of these is so fun like it, it has this thing that like like it's that campiness that before it gets truly camp like mm. there's something about it where in those first two films they the the slightness of this really broad comedy is so unattainable. Mm. And when it gets to the third film, as I started watching that, I'm like, this is so goofy. They're going they're, The goofiness is so yeah. far out there. <clears throat> Whereas these two... These there's first like a dance two,
0: sequence in the third one. yeah, the, It's essentially s- 500 Days of Summer, which was directed by Mark Webb. <laughs> and if you don't know Mark Webb... He would go on to direct the amazing Spider-Man film. And what's interesting about that is that his last name is Webb. Yes. Which is eerily similar to the substance that Spider-Man actually in, produces. In fact, the only difference is that it's a double U a, and a double a B. A W and a double B.
1: And that's uh, probably a fun way he tells people to spell his name.
0: Yeah. Mark Webb, W, double B. And then an E in Chuck the Chuck an E in there for <laughs> good measure. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Just like the Pussy Posse. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if everyone knows what the Pussy Pussy Posse is. We should explain it. The Pussy Posse was a group of guys in the 90s, headlined by Leonardo DiCaprio, featuring Tobey Maguire, David Blaine, E from Entourage, (laughs) who doesn't have a real name, unfortunately.
0: (laughs) Stan from Mad Men, weirdly. Yeah. And a couple of others. Lucas Haas is in there. Oh yeah, Lucas Lucas Haas Haas from Mars Attacks.
1: Yeah, they're all in there. And it's just like, it was a fun nickname because that's what they were doing. There are boys, literally. There's no nuance to the nickname. That's it. There's (laughs) no nuance to the nickname. It's not
0: even like the brat pack or the frat pack or anything cool. It's like, no, no, no. We're called the pussy posse. Why are you guys called that? Well, it's what you're thinking. Imagine what you're thinking, which is that we go out and get a lot of girls. That's it. That's what we do and that's what we've called ourselves and it's pretty cool. It's not because you guys also, like, it's a joke on cats or anything. What's a cat? I don't. No, no, do I don't mean? even know what, what that is. Mean? It's about pussy as in, like, a, 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 you know. You know, a woman's wetness. A, woman <laughs> <laughs> a womanhood. Yeah. Um. Which, by the way, they have rebranded themselves since in the media. What are, I read an article with them recently Uh. in it. They all went to premiere of some Lucas like Haas Hollywood movie or, or whatever the fuck. Yeah. Widows, maybe. And um, And it was, like, Leonardo DiCaprio and the rest of the wolf pack were there. I was like, excuse Whoa. me?
1: You can't rebrand that. Excuse me? You're calling
0: yourselves the Wolfpack pack. Zach (laughs) Galifianakis owns that,
1: darling. (laughs) That's not yours to play with.
0: Just lean into it. You guys called yourself the Pussy Pussy in a pre-Me Too era, and now it makes you all look like pieces of shit.
1: Exactly. And you were pieces of shit. And you were pieces of shit. And you may still be. You may still be. You set a bad example for young boys like Cameron and I. (laughs) Luckily, we were nerds and it didn't happen.
0: Luckily, yeah, I was never in a pussy pussy. Yeah, I was in a few wolf packs here and there, though.
1: <laughs> 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 All right, so that's the, that's the history of that phrase. But what about the other performances in this film? Uh, Kirsten Dunst, what do you think of her in this film?
0: Well, I just, I really love her. I think she's mm. great in anything. But I also... Uh, I don't really buy them... I don't buy their chemistry for one fucking second. I that's, don't think they have a lick of chemistry.
1: That's why I kind of like this film. Because it's like... Right. these. Th- to me, this franchise is like... These people are not meant to be together. Yeah. I don't think Mary Jane and Peter Parker are meant to be together. They're always no. on the outs. In every version of the story, they're always on the outs... And he's just stuck there, and he's stuck in this high school romance that was idolized. Mm. He attained it; it can he he still has it on this pedestal in this ideal world, Mm. and he can never quite he can never quite make it a reality. And I think the lack of chemistry that they have like there's not like a it's not like you know um, uh, my brilliant career when you want to see Sam Neill and uh, Judy Davis really just fucking the grass or something. (laughs) They don't have that electrifying chemistry they're just these two
0: mm.
1: one's hot and one's got a great bod maybe a that's classic porn if you will <laughs>
0: <laughs> maybe that's interesting but it's not um fun to watch really mm. like the whole time i'm like jesus christ pete just go meet someone else yeah. hook up with the ukrainian girl from your apartment <laughs> I block. The ukrainian girl from the God apartment block. she's cute she's and clearly and you you have more chemistry with her than you ever were with mary jane
1: I, honestly that moment where she bakes that little cake for yes him, is one of the most beautiful things.
0: Adorable. Ever. She it's, clearly likes him, you know. And he
1: likes her, but he needs to wake up to himself. J. Jonah Jameson's right. He was just like, Parker, wake up. Get with the Ukrainian girl. He could also. <laughs> I want you two on my desk at midnight. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he could also maybe hook up with Elizabeth Banks as the uh secretary. Yeah, of she's Google.
1: nice. Everyone, that's the thing. That's what I like about these movies is that he's so clueless to all that. Oh, he's only got eyes for MJ. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not in love with them as a pairing. I think it's stupid. But Me I do neither. like her. That's why I like it. What do you think of um? James Franco is Harry Osborne or whatever his name is. He
1: is honestly,
0: uh, yes, he's a controversial figure now mm. in the
1: world, mm. but in these movies, he is heaven-sense. Just that face, <laughs> my God. He's a reincarnation of James Dean in these movies. Yeah, yeah. He truly is. Like, people have said that before, mm. but going back and seeing him at this age again, yeah. it's like, my God, he should have gone out. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You think James Franco should have died no, in his twenties? No, no. He
1: just like look at him. Yeah, he's, he's like, pretty damn gorgeous. There's just like no one else in the world like him. He's just he is. Um, I sorry. Yeah, <laughs> like, I don't know what right to say. Now. He just like you know at the, at the at the funeral when he looks away and the wind's yeah, going through his yeah. hair. It's like it's like those photos of James Dean with like the yeah. trench coat on walking around New York City.
0: Can I ask a question about Harry and Peter's friendship? Yeah, what um, is it? <laughs> <laughs> you might have the answer to this. Um. So there's a part at the start of the first one where um what's his name Green Goblin says uh
1: Norman Osborn says to Harry Harry.
0: Yeah. Um you've been kicked out of five public schools, yeah. uh five private schools and now you're stuck here at this public school cuz so they're the only one that'll have you and he's like yeah 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 whatever. And then later Harry is talking to someone else And he's like You know Peter's been in love With Mary Jane Since the fourth grade And yeah. he's only had eyes For her since then I was <laughs> like How fucking long Have they known each other Yeah how do they know each like other It seems like they've just met Like Peter's never met Norman yep. Osborne, Apparently And yet They've known each other Since the fourth grade it what is, is the fucking logic in where this? Where could room? they have met?
1: Where could they have ever met? Like he it's like the na- like what did they both know Fran Drescher,
0: the nanny? Like yeah, if that thought they had in they common? They're absolutely from two different worlds. Like Peter Parker is literally the poorest person ever captured on celluloid. <laughs> And, like,
1: also, his, gr- his, pa- his aunt and uncle... Who uh, are 900 years old. <laughs> the oh, they're Miracle Max <laughs> from The Princess Bride. It's Carol <laughs> Kane and Billy Crystal in old people, ancient yeah. people makeup. Yeah. They're, like, they're so old. Like, hey, Peter, it's like, oh, you, you've been shopping. You might be dying of old <laughs> yeah, age, I Uncle think you Ben. Were,
0: you were dying before the bullet it's even a, hit you, dude. coincidence yeah. that this is how, happening. How are you auntie and uncle to this fucking 16-year-old boy, yeah. like, how old was your sister or brother? Whatever the relationship is. They don't is. say how
1: they died. They actually died of old age <laughs> as well.
0: <laughs> They're so old. It's insane. And then Harry it comes from like billionaire stock. He's 1%. Yeah. How did yeah. they ever meet, and how did they end up at the same school? Literally,
1: the only way it makes sense is if like the nanny was also real, <laughs> and like once Peter Parker, who's neighbors with Fran Fine, yeah. like back in Queens, yeah, got sure. she's like, "Oh, Flushy can you Queens, look after yeah. my freaking weedy little nerdy nephew?" Yeah, um, or like his parents die, and she's like, "Oh, look after him the first day," and then yeah. she's like, "Come with me, meet." meet Brighton and his hot friends <laughs> you know like that's the only yeah. way it can make sense and they're like and he's like Brighton's like do you like girls like yes I'm in love with Mary Jane alright cool and that's it that's the, <laughs> that's, the, that's the prequel to this franchise that's the only way it can make sense the
0: prequel is a nanny crossover
1: that's all it can be that's, there's yeah. nothing else that makes sense it just makes no sense it's a backdoor pilot much like yeah. the nanny had many of during <laughs> <Yeah>. its series yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, by the way, backdoor pilot would be a joke That would be made in the nanny yes. Someone would be like, it's a backdoor pilot oh, Niles would sissy, be- please <laughs> Niles would be like, I've made a few of those in my time <laughs> Niles <laughs> Uh, okay, so other performances. I like uh, Green Goblin. Yeah,
1: it is a ferocious performance.
0: It's um, it's Tommy Lee Jones as Two-Face. I'm it's something crazy. of a scientist myself. Yeah. I love all that stuff. What else it's could it be though? T- it has to be a cartoony,
1: it has shark-like to be cartoon-y. performance. And it's, uh, you can only say shark-like because he has <laughs> a thousand teeth. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> you can't say that. Back. If another actor did that performance, <laughs> you, wouldn't wouldn't, you couldn't use that adjective. <laughs> To describe it (laughs) But it's just like He's so storming And like He's a little scurrier In this move Like I love him By the way This is This is one of the first things I've ever That I ever said That was humorous Perhaps in my life Mm. So Harry Osborne Becomes a goblin Hobgoblin Yeah So do you think That comes from Harry Osborne? Harry Osborne. Oh yeah So what would his dad's name be? (laughs) That's a joke from when I was like twelve years old that I came up
0: with. That I got in trouble for when I when I asked my dad. That's great. That's great. That uh, is that should be that's an iconic joke. Dude. That's iconic. Yeah. Kids should be saying that on every playground.
1: God, I gotta pass it on. Well, if you're listening to this and you're in yeah. high school. Tell them the knob goblin joke that (laughs) I just I came up with
0: so long ago. That's incredible. What do you think of uh, Doctor Otto Octavius? Oh,
1: Alfred Molina! Mm -hmm. I love that performance and I love that character. Tell me what you love about it because
0: I really love Alfred Molina, but I just I just. Didn't really find much going on with his performance.
1: Well, Alfred Melina, you may know him from Pete's Meteor. He plays a <laughs> also a scientist
0: in that movie. He plays Doctor Otto Octavius in that, <laughs> <laughs> basically.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I think it's just like this franchise has such insane casts. Mm. Is part of it. Like they're all like this kind of like weird character actors from around the world that kind of just kind of came together mm. at this one point. It's populated by all those people. Like that, like Octavia Spencers in them, and yeah, is In like true. in the wrestling scenes, like yeah. it's so it's so strange. And I think Alfred Molina is like the absolute peak of all of that because like Alfred Molina is a superhero villain. He's like mm. this fat, like you <laughs> know, like English-Spanish character actor <laughs> or whatever. From I don't know, he's probably Welsh or something. Yeah, and like he is, he he's like the, he is so. I think he's such. He has got such this like corrupted humanity, and mm. I think it captures like that. That aspect of Peter's villains at their best—they're all people that represent this father figure to him. Yeah, and that's why the third movie is not good because it's just another. The Sandman is just like
0: Sandman. <laughs> Sandman <laughs> coming. <laughs>
1: it's just Thomas Hayden Church, like who's like, no, I actually, I actually killed Uncle Ben. And like that's oh is that the twist? I I didn't think I picked up on that. like I actually killed Uncle Ben. He was the one who
0: he was Joe Chill essentially. Yeah,
1: basically he's Joe Chill, and then it's like that's so silly. And then like then you've got um, the double, which is like the the villain Mm. that is just like (laughs) him, and it's um, Topher Grace as the new photographer at um, Eddie Brock. Yeah, Eddie Brock, the new photographer at the Daily Bugle, and then he gets the symbiote on him. And then he becomes Venom, and then he's also got the Hobgoblin around. It's like, what in fuck's name is going on? <laughs> like, that's too much stuff. But you know, the villains and the rivals in these in these first two films, it's J. Jonah Jameson who mm. is amazingly played by J.K. Simmons. Can you? I can't imagine it can be anyone, anyone else, else really,
0: especially that time. <clears throat> Maybe, you know what? Maybe Ice Cube.
1: Ice Cube could crush it, or I was thinking Terry Crews, or someone that I was thinking could yeah, really crush yeah. it. Yeah, yeah.
0: Although Terry Crews is too funny. He'd be too funny. Like, J.K.'s funny? Yeah, that's true. J.K.'s funny. Maybe they yeah, get it's J like J.K. Rowling. J.K. <laughs> Ice, JK okay, here are the only people that can yeah. play it. J.K. Simmons, obviously. Yeah. Ice Cube. Yeah. Terry Crews. J.K. Rowling. J.K.
1: Rowling. J.K. from Jameer choir the lead yeah. singer.
0: And that's it. That's it. That's it. They're the only people that could play it. And
1: no one else. (laughs) If you suggest anyone else, no thank you, no thank you.
0: No thank you. You have to go fuck off now.
1: Yeah. Actually, please go fuck off now, Sel. Okay? So don't do that, okay? No more other good guys. Okay? We we sort it out for you. There's your list. Uh, (laughs) I love JK
0: Simmons. He's like... It's crazy watching him in all this stuff from pre-Whiplash now. Because... He's like... He just always had that charisma. Yeah. It's always been there. He's He's always commanded the screen. Yeah. And I reckon if that role hadn't come along for Whiplash, he'd still be in these fucking roles. Yeah. But he'd still be one of those dudes that every time he's on screen, you'd be like, oh, this guy. I fucking love this guy. I love this
1: guy's t-shirt or something like that, you know? Like, it's just like... (laughs) He has that energy where he's so cold and terse, but he's got these beautiful blue eyes where it's just like, oh, he's nice. I can tell that he's actually quite nice and disarming. And he gets that... He has that, like... And that great skill of an actor where they can just do this tiniest, slightest smile that's unreadable by the mm. naked eye, but you still get the feeling of the comfort from it, you know? Like, that's he's so great in those films.
0: Who are... Uh, okay, Melina we talked about a yeah. little bit. I found... Yeah, I found that odd. I also think... I remembered the movie differently. I remembered that Doc Ock got a... Like, mm. he kind of came good again at the end. Yeah. But in my memory, it was for a much longer time and in a much bigger way. Mm. Really, it's for about three seconds. Yeah. That he's like, I cannot die for nothing or yeah. something. And then he drowns the sun and yeah. it's like over. Yeah.
1: yeah. I like him as this tragic character. I think he is, I really think he's one of the great superhero villains in cinema. I think that the tragicness of that character. The kind of like the costumeness of him, like that he's got mm. this leather jacket and these—he's
0: Frankenstein, dude. He, he gets is. given like every gothic classics yep. shot ever. He really—he's in rags. He rises from water. His whole that whole scene where they're gonna operate on him to take the arms off is horror movie. It's a
1: straight up horror mm. movie. That's that's what that's exactly what these films are. They're like this weird mishmash of horror romance teen film Mm, and and then then just cartoon comedy yeah and i guess like like reality bites Mm. you know like it's that kind of late 90s uh you know gen x type Mm. movie it really feels like that where it i I guess this is the gen x superhero movie yeah dude and that's the best of our days man
0: I'll never we forget kids? what it was like being Gen X. It so fun. What would have
1: been awesome if Ethan Hawke was Spider-Man? <laughs> <laughs> and it's amazing that him. Ethan
0: Hawke wasn't the villain in the third one. Like, yeah. I reckon they would have pitched him so many times. What do you think of Thomas Hayden Church as the Shane Man?
1: Well, it's... um, I don't know. It's just... He, it was just this thing where he was on fire. Like he got he got up in um, sideways, and everyone mm. will bite of this guy. Yeah, and then he's they so got good him. in
0: sideways. He was great on that sitcom that he was in as well. What was that one?
1: Uh, Not Nancy. What's it called? No, I was like, was Sid it Nancy? No, that's the other one. It that's wasn't the, Will and Grace, but it was, and, and it wasn't Dharma and Greg. Yeah, it was him and someone Deborah and Messing. Someone. It's him and Deborah Messing, and um, they have a marriage of convenience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're married, but it's for not... an
0: apartment or something. Yeah, for they're New married York for friends. like a penthouse. Uh, it's something in Nancy. Some no, it's not a Nancy. I think it's a Nancy. No, but I I used to like it. I thought he was really funny in that. Yeah. So I was excited that this guy that I'd seen on TV One reruns. Yeah. Was now in a superhero movie. <laughs> that that is, <clears throat> that's one of the things that links
1: us. We both had TV One, <laughs> the classic sitcom channel, <laughs> growing up, and we those are our references.
0: The nanny, yeah. mad about you, yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> we, exactly. Those are our common links. News radio, but uh, yeah, and then I on, I think his performances. He barely gets to do anything in this fucking yeah. movie, and then he didn't really do that many huge. Roles again
1: yeah he's, he just kind of went back to the kind of smaller stuff and it, yeah. i think it's great he's he's got he's such an interesting looking guy as well because he's kind yeah. of like handsome and hot but he's like dangerous and
0: sad yeah i quite like him um i also speaking of sitcom stars have a huge soft spot for topher grace yeah i really like topher he's grace. my
1: favorite editor and he always will be <laughs> He's one of the great editors. You love of the Phantom Edit, don't you? him and Thomas Schumacher, the two great <laughs> editors. I can't wait till he gets his honorary Oscar one day for best editor.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's
1: good. I um, all, no, I feel very much the same way about him because I remember that movie in Good Company, and I was like, yep. this has got to be a huge hit. Yeah. It was one of those movies That just like I remember the marketing for it. I was like This is one of the Most important movies Like this is <laughs> It's like the first Adult movie that I remember yeah. Is In Good Company With Dennis Quaid Scar And Topher Grace Yeah no, Which awesome. just like Guess who's coming to dinner It's a white guy Like that's The whole premise of that movie That's awesome
0: Kind of like Guess who Starring Bernie Mac And Ashton Kutcher
1: Yeah And Zoe Saldana
0: mm, before Can't wait Till glue. we get to do That episode of Total Reboots. <laughs> <laughs> Uh yeah, what else do we want to say about these Raimi movies? I mean, I I think ultimately I was left a little underwhelmed mm. by them, but I I got to admit they were fun. Yeah. The action scenes were fun and everything. It just didn't I don't know what I was expecting from it. I really thought I would rediscover something. I But I think going back to this um the birth of the origin mm. movie, like the origin story of origin stories. Yeah. Um I just kind of felt tired by the end of the third one. I was like, man, I'm fucking I'm just I'm still overwhelmed and done mm. on these kind of movies, I think.
1: The fatigue goes back into history and takes yeah. out the heart of the other ones I am the opposite of you I, mm. I didn't I thought that's exactly what my reaction would be I thought that I would be over it I thought that these would have dated bad I thought I remember the Nickelback soundtrack was something that I knew going and in and they
0: see that a hero can save us oh god oh, I, yeah, like good. you know
1: people shit on Nickelback and say they are the worst and like you know I hate that that's a hacky joke because it's true mm. just wish that it was me who got to say it
0: I know it's one of those things that <laughs> It's lame to make fun of Nickelback now, but that's so frustrating because it's just so accurate. Yes, they are really. They're it's one not of good. The worst.
1: It's not good music. Um, and I thought that's kind of what the whole movie would feel like. I mm. thought it would feel like this kind of like, you know, stillbirth or something from the no- leftover mm. from the 90s but it was not that at all for me. I was watching these and going like uh, these are classic films now. And I really thought back and I'm like these are so nicely and a nice emotional creations for me and seeing seeing that this like this weird tragedy, they're all tragedy. Mm. Like it's all tragic love story between Peter and MJ, they're not meant to be together. The whole th- the whole father figure issues that Peter has where he never had a father and then he's Uncle gets taken away from him and then Norman gets taken away from him and then Doc Ock gets taken away from him or Dr. Octavius as he's really called. (laughs) And I I really felt so for Peter and I think that I really see these as classics now and I think of them that next time they open up the books of the AFI Top 100 (laughs) and they start putting newer films in... I honestly think that I would be putting I, if I got to nominate, <laughs> I'd be mm. putting these forward because I think that these first two films are so important now in the history of cinema and will forever be super important in the history of cinema. That I was shocked. I was shocked by that reaction mm. watching them. Wow! And speaking of shocked, join us next week. We're going to be talking <laughs> about the Amazing Spider-Man versus the Rise of Electro. <laughs> And you might be shocked by a couple of things there.
0: Have you seen either of these? Mark Webb... Uh, sorry, I should explain. Mark Webb is the uh, director of the upcoming movies and he's most notably known because his surname Webb is very similar to um, like the webs that Spider-Man shoots out.
1: That is so interesting. That should yeah. be on IMDb Trivia for sure.
0: <laughs> yeah. You can just remember it. It's different uh, if you just remember W W B. Yeah, with yeah. an E in the middle. Yeah. Throw an E in there. Yeah. Um, have you seen either of those? I
1: have seen both of them. Okay. I saw the first one on DVD or something. Oh, I love DVD. DVD culture was prevalent at the time when yeah. that film hit. Um, or maybe... It, uh, yeah, I would have seen it around then on DVD. And I think I saw I saw the sequel in the cinema and it came out just when I started doing comedy. I saw it with uh, comedians Ben Squires and Daniel Muggleton mm-hmm. and they both left to do gigs and I was stuck in the movie by myself.
0: And did you love it?
1: I truly hated it. I actually really <laughs> hate those movies. But I'm looking forward to talking about them because I think they are so weird and so interesting for us uh, as we talk about these reboots and stuff because they were so hot on the heels. Like, yeah, sure, the third one left a bad taste in our mouth. Mm. but then to come And that to taste us...
0: was shit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, so I'm looking forward to talking about them. I think they're going to provide for some interesting comedy. Okay, good. And that's part of what we do. We are comedians. Cameron, you, of course, are a touring comedian these days.
0: <laughs> as opposed to before when I was just... Local funny man. Just local funny man, Cameron <laughs> James. That's right. I'm, uh, I've am i got my new show on tour at the moment. In fact, if you're listening to this as it drops and you are in South Australia... Mm-hmm. I'm performing this weekend in Adelaide for the Fringe Festival. <gasps> My show is called Strawberry Blonde. Buy tickets. Come and see it. i got to be honest with you. It's almost impossible to sell tickets at the Adelaide Fringe, so I have heaps left. Yeah. So just come, and I promise you'll have a good freaking laugh.
1: And you are quite a uh, funny man. You really, Honestly, <laughs> Cameron is my favorite comedian. He's so funny. you got to go see him. Uh, also, if you listen to this, as this drops, I think it will be tonight on the Friday. Uh, I've got comedians talk over movies at Golden Age Cinema, which is where we are right now. They let mm-hmm. us record here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to be pl- talking over Twilight 3 with our friends Demi Lardner and Tom Walker. Uh, tickets might still be on sale, might be sold out. Check online, but it's going to be a freaking... Um hoot, one might say. <laughs> uh also, if you want to hear more from us, you can head on over to patreon.com slash total reboot and sign up for just five bucks a month. You get extra episodes. We do a thing called Total Reboot Riffs where we pick a classic film and give it our own reboot remake treatment. Uh we just did one that is maybe the dumbest thing that we've ever, ever done, uh, which was Steamboat Willie. We rebooted the Disney classic (laughs) Steamboat Willie as a live action film. So you can check that out and soon in the next couple of weeks. A Venom exclusive full episode of Total Reboot will be up there. Can't wait. It's going to be great. And in the meantime, head on over to iTunes and subscribe and give us a review of five stars. And in that review, let us know any other movies you'd like to see us give the reboot treatment to. Mm. You can find me on Twitter at This is Alexa. You can find
0: Cameron on there at I am Cameron James. Same for both of us on Instagram. And uh, honestly, you can find yourself at the cinema. Wherever you look into
1: a screen, it truly is. Is a mirror reflecting on your own soul. Ingmar Bergman and Mark Webb.